your brand that you try. I feel I'm just I feel like I look like a black shadow. Um <laughs> don't worry, don't. I literally just got that. So I don't worry. Okay. Shake the sillies out. It's a long day. Um <laughs> Katina Muntanos. Did I say it right? Yes. Yes. Perfect. <laughs> Victory. Okay. Um, so, Katina, do you want to introduce yourself a little bit? Yeah, sure. I'll give a quick overview. I'm sure we'll get into the story later mm-hmm. on. But um, I am the founder of Unadulting, which is a space for conscious millennials. I founded it almost two years ago now, mm-hmm. and it's really grown into something that I could have never imagined, but really speaks to a lot of things that people in our generation and especially women are interested in really becoming better versions of themselves. And that's what I hope to do through my content and um, connecting with people, creating this community. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to dive into all of it. Yay. So you yeah. so you started on adulting. So what does that like all encompass? It's like a blog and like and what else do you have products? Totally. Yes, I know. It's a very interesting world that we live in now that brands are just Yeah, just the thing. <laughs> People are constantly asking me that. But essentially I view a couple of different pillars of unadulting. Mm-hmm. So first it started out really just as a blog, um, and an outlet, a creative outlet for mm-hmm. me as I was working in finance and really confused about my career and my journey and my purpose. Um, and over time it's really expanded just from writing to um a space for people to really figure out what it means to be a conscious, mindful, and happy adult. And one of those pillars is through content, through social media, through free um, ways of connecting. So we have a book club and an online group on Facebook. So content, community, and then also I do mindset and business coaching and recently just launched my first group program, which I'm really excited about. So connecting with people one-on-one to help them really figure out that path. And what, so explain to us like what, you know, exactly is mindset business coaching? Yeah, so I actually view them as two different things, though it's interesting how they overlap. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, mindset and conscious decision-making coaching is really when you're just starting to realize that certain things in your life you've kind of just accepted to be true or Mm -hmm. maybe settled into because your parents or society or even your upbringing and your education has told you that's what success means or this is what you're supposed to be doing and you're just starting to realize that maybe this isn't it and Mm -hmm. maybe I should be starting to be a little more conscious about the decisions that I make in my everyday and how that ladders up into the life that I want to create so really helping people on that journey of 
figuring it out. Um, and then the second piece is I have a background in business and I love helping people figure out how to tell their story in a real authentic way. So a lot of what I help um, either small startups or individual founders and entrepreneurs with is really navigating what their purpose in business is and what mm. their North Star and mission statement is, and then how to foray that into a message and a way to connect with their community. That's really awesome because I think, yeah. I think, that, I mean, that's something I'm going through right now. It's like, how do you brand yourself? Because like you have these really big totally. ideas and missions and messages, but it's like, how do I condense that and how do I let that? grow organically totally. so, exactly. so you said the blog you know it started as like a creative outlet at first right and yes. then did someone was someone like going like oh you should turn this into like a full business or did, did it just yeah. naturally become a whole business what you know totally that's an amazing question well to take a step back a little bit further I basically um I studied finance in undergrad, which is mm -hmm. so different than what I'm doing now. I was at NYU, and while I was there, I was really passionate um, and excited about figuring out this intersection between business and social good. Like, how do we use businesses to make an impact in mm -hmm. our world? And I didn't know what the answer to that was at all, but I was like, I'm just going to accept a job that other people say is really great so mm -hmm. I accepted a job at an investment bank after college and I was like I'll figure it out I'm sure I will um and kind of got lost just like many of us do on this path of what other people say is success and I ended up getting to work and immediately was like whoa this is not yeah. me. there's no way I could even stay in this for longer than you know as, as long as I can, which ended up being about a year and a half. And at that time, I was like, I'm going to write a book. And my end goal in life, like I've always loved writing, is to write a book. And that's when blogging was a thing, but it wasn't that big of a thing. Yeah. And I ended up um, just starting this book as an email to my close friends and family. And while I was doing that they were like we love you and we know you're going through something but I think you should turn this into a blog <laughs> and that really prompted me um actually one conversation in particular prompted me to really question like huh maybe if my end goal is to write a book there are a couple of different ways that I could start to share these messages and really get excited about mm -hmm. um this content and these stories that I have to share with others and engage people along the way. So quickly jumping back into that, I basically ended up starting on adulting really on a whim through mm -hmm. Medium. I don't know if you've ever used that platform. Medium? Yeah, that's where my first yeah. article got published. So Yeah, exactly. I feel like for many writers and bloggers, it has a special place mm -hmm. because it's such a supportive community and I feel like it really allows you to explore your creativity when you're first starting out. So, um, back then I was just writing on medium and got a really great response from strangers and people that I knew that I haven't talked to in a long time. And from there, I really just allowed it to grow. I had actually been working full time for, um, 
about two years until I launched it or I guess maybe a year and a half until I started doing it full time and really just viewed it as an outlet and a side hustle and didn't even know that people did this as a job mm-hmm. um, and much later. So I think that was a really interesting journey, but also helpful for me because I was really connected to that passion and that mission from the very beginning. So how did you go about, you know, promoting and, and telling people like, Hey, I'm doing this thing. You should read it. And how did it, how did you grow? Totally. That is a great question. I think, um, it's really scary to do that, Mm -hmm. (laughs) especially I'm sure, you know, when you're first starting out in something that's really new you're sharing a lot of vulnerable deep things that's almost like your journal but yeah publicly <laughs> to people who might not even know that you're thinking those things so it's a really scary thing to start sharing with others and I think that's why going back to medium it was a really great place for me to get my confidence up and get some of those early mm-hmm. pieces out because I actually didn't tell anyone that I was writing on a there we go. Yeah, More platform. light. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know. um, I didn't tell anyone that I was writing on that platform until mm-hmm. I kind of got some feedback from that community. Mm-hmm. So I would say my close friends and family knew, um, and then strangers knew, but that middle ground was weird mm-hmm. to me, and I didn't start sharing that until I started seeing it more traction and once I felt like it was something that people could relate to and it wasn't just a crazy idea that I had um I started really sharing it and was really proud Mm -hmm. of it because I think what I realized early on is that these messages weren't about me they were about helping others and really deeply connecting with others and Mm -hmm. navigating this journey together so I think really connecting to that why and also testing things out without pressure is really Mm -hmm. important. So how did you get to, you said you were writing for about a year and a half, right? Um, And then then you took it full time. So how did that transition of full time go? And like, what did that look like? Was it like you were selling ads or you were writing about specific things? How was your full time? Totally. Yeah, so... um, I didn't jump straight from finance into blogging. I actually had a really great job that um, kind of helped me broaden my horizons a little bit Mm -hmm. before jumping into it full-time. So I ended up actually working at a philanthropic venture firm where I was doing organizational strategy and brand strategy, so really diving into these things that I knew I really liked, but I didn't know was even a job. and we were helping nonprofits and social impact organizations, so starting to bridge that gap. And I started to see traction through unadulting, through hosting workshops that people were paying for, which I was very confused about, and (laughs) getting reached out to by some really cool aligned brands that were interested in partnering on sharing my real experience about their brand. So those two things started happening while I was working. And um, then I actually had a personal life change where I ended up moving out to San Francisco. And I was faced with this decision. Do I start to really believe in on adulting as a brand and 
make it a full-time thing or do I just look for a regular job as my next step and I was looking for regular jobs and going on interviews and every time I did I was like I've been working very hard to get away from this (laughs) yep yep I'm not going to say yes to Mm -hmm. these things that would continue to push me along a path I didn't want to be on Mm -hmm. but I'm going to take a risk and I am going to believe that there are some ways that I could figure this out. So I was really lucky to have um, support from my previous job to allow me to do mm-hmm. some consulting from San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And then I actually ended up doing some coaching and consulting right after that. I just started meeting these amazing female founders and realizing that I could help them with their brands and developing their digital um, footprint. So it started out very slow and very much like from my business and finance background, did not believe that that could be a career. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I would say now, which is something kind of to, to demystify for a lot of people, is that I would say most bloggers or people who have a strong or a bigger social media presence have a lot of different income streams. So it's not like you go to work and you get one paycheck and that's it. But there are a lot of different ways that you can support yourself while also hopefully making an impact and connecting with your audience that you really care about. So would you say like right now your major um, sources of income are through like partnering with different brands and consulting? Yeah, exactly. So coaching and consulting, which are two of my really favorite things. I love working with people and brands one-on-one and then uh, partnerships, events, and things of that nature. So a lot. (laughs) So yeah, that's something that like some people really love or some people don't. So it's definitely a personal decision. So how did you kind of get there? Because I feel like there's also this thing of like, what if I don't have a huge support system? So did you had like your family was a huge support system and, mm-hmm. um, and have you worked with uh, a lot of yes. entrepreneurs that were kind of like just starting, like starting from scratch? Like they were like, oh, I'm starting entrepreneurship and that's like my thing. They didn't have a thing before. Totally. That's a great question. And I mean... From a financial perspective, it does, and it's interesting, I just kind of chatted with this about my community, and I think this is a major misconception that or thought that a lot of people have, is like, okay, this is cool, you kind of like, you know, have really flexible schedules, and get to do all this cool stuff, like, you must have someone that's paying your rent, or something like that, and... For me, I definitely thought that too. That's why I was like, there's no way I could do this as a job. Um, But actually, I mean, I was able to pay off my loans through this work completely. That's truly, let me tell you. (laughs) Crazy, right? Yep. I mean, it was something that I would have never imagined could happen. Um, And to me, I mean... It's hard because I want to give really tactical advice, but I think a lot of it is around mindset. Like, there was a period of time where I was limiting myself because I was like, there's no way. Like, 
this is the amount I, I'm making right now. This is my cap and like, that's it. And I think once I kind of let go of all of those beliefs and barriers that I was putting on myself, I started really just like attracting in a lot of different opportunities that I would have never put myself out there for to begin with. So while this statement doesn't mean that every single person is like doing really well financially and like, you know, doesn't have any support from their family, there definitely are people who have a good mix of that. Mm-hmm. I would say for myself, that definitely wasn't the case. And it was something that I was really limiting myself on until I actually believed that I was worth it and believed that I was capable of like doing the things I really loved while making money. And it's a hard, weird journey. <laughs> no, it is. Cause I, I think I think that we all kind of, you know, if even if you're kind of in the entrepreneurial space, because a lot of people don't realize, like, running a pod- podcast is, like, it is running a business, and then totally. I have, like, other components to it that are working themselves out, kind of, sort of, maybe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I know that, for sure. Um, but it is, like, running a business, and I think a lot of it is telling yourself that you are, like, worth it, and, like, it's worth mm-hmm. listening to, it's worth, people will want to hear the people that you talk to, people will want to, like, enjoy your content, you do have a good idea, um, and course. I think that's a lot of self-starting and kind of working with yourself and having a really good therapist, and yes. <laughs> just, like, exactly. doing all people of that. that like, just listen to you yeah just listen to me tell like let me just tell you how awful I am and then you tell me that you're doing fine because you're only this old so it's fine um I feel like honestly it's very funny because I hired my own coach recently which I didn't even know was a thing until I started learning more about it as I entered this space and it's so nice having someone who's just like in your corner mm-hmm. no matter what. And they're going to push you, but they're also going to be like, dude, why are you stressing out? Like, you're fine and you're doing amazing. And I think there's a lot of value in having someone who's outside of you um, be able to share that, but also like yeah. practicing yourself lifting yourself up and I think really starting on an entrepreneurial journey there's no preparation you could make or do to help yourself see your self-worth as much as that like for me the first time someone asked what my pricing was I had this existential breakdown I was like I don't know what is my pricing like (laughs) and that's much deeper it hits a nerve to you right because you're like what am I worth that's essentially what I'm telling this person. So there's a lot of these like things that come up while you're going through this process that really get to the core of your being and like who you want to be. And I think it's very helpful to have people around you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I think like so my my business partner um, with the podcast and and other things. She's I remember the first time like we sat down. We're like, okay, if we're gonna like do this, and she she asked me, so how much do you charge for ads? And I was like, well, I don't know. I don't have ads yet. <laughs> and, yeah. I was, and I was just like, oh. She's like, okay, well, what's, like, the ballpark, you know, when I'm, like, out talking about this, you know, what, how much should I pitch or whatever. And um, I, I was like, I don't know, like, $25. And she looks at me like I had six heads on. 
Because she's like, oh, Natalia, 20, that doesn't cover your first, that doesn't cover the first of month bills. And, but, you know, that was kind of my main, I don't know, it was like $25 feels like enough, like per app, like, you know, but it's that kind of thing because like you have no concept of kind of what, you know, your worth in this field and what you should be doing and it can be really difficult to kind of gauge that. Yeah. And I think that it's really important for people who have been doing this for some period of time to make themselves open and honest enough to share those things because you're right when you're first entering the space you're like um I don't know like where is this information no one talks about it mm-hmm. um and I think I don't know if you've ever heard of this group freelancing females but there are some really amazing female focused organizations that are especially for entrepreneurs or solopreneurs who are organizing that like um kind of system or processes for how much you should say your worth based on your experience or things like that so i think being able to democratize that information is so important and it's a good reminder for me to keep um kind of sharing that journey too so thank you (laughs) (laughs) so you're so i mean you you've reached like a certain level um and do you tr- you actively try and seek out ways to meet with people who are like just starting out or like you can see like potential? How do you gauge that? Totally. That's such a good question. I mean, so it's interesting because I've actually been taking almost the opposite approach lately, which normally I am obsessed with meeting people and like meeting people for coffee. And if I could just do that all day, I literally would and for a long time I was like sure like moving my schedule around to meet with people to like go meet them somewhere just to chat with them and help them out and I think it's amazing and I think we all need mentors and to continually seek people out that we look up to but um, what I've been trying to do actually is be much more clear for myself about what amount of time I can actually give to people who are just starting out and then save some time for myself. Because Mm -hmm. I think most people who have been through this journey very recently are like, of course, I want to give everything to everyone. At Mm -hmm. least that's how I am. And I've been trying to push myself to really make time for me to recuperate while also giving out. So a lot of what I've been trying to do is make that accessible um, through like free content or social media and then really take on a certain amount of people that I'm like mentoring and taking under my wing and doing it more intentionally than just like, hey, let's have a coffee. I'd love to give you some, you know, chat about where you're at. So I think that's some a value that's so important to me to continue on no matter where I am but also as a reminder to everyone listening like look out for yourself too because it could become something that's um a lot more like energy sucking than you would imagine Mm -hmm. so what is so it's kind of a flip to your question (laughs) (laughs) no but I thought that's good I mean like what has been you know it's kind of like a lonely game in this entrepreneurial world because you are kind of by yourself um, pursuing your dream. So what has been, you know, the things that you're trying to do to, you know, your self-care? Is it like, I don't check emails after five? Is it, you know, I don't 
talk to people on the weekends that aren't like friends in the family kind of thing. Totally. That's an amazing and very timely question for me. I've been going through kind of revamping what that self-care process looks like for me. And I think when I first started working for myself, I'm like a weird introvert extrovert where I love being around people, but also like deeply need time alone. (laughs) I so understand that on a very deep level. When I first started working from home by myself, I was like, this is possibly the most amazing thing that could have happened to me. Like, I love this work schedule. And what I found to be really important was to set up some rituals every morning that I could accomplish so that I started my day in a really positive way instead of just like rolling out of bed and answering emails all the way until like 10 p.m. when I was going to sleep. So I started creating a morning ritual that was really important, that was really simple, like watering my plants and cleaning up my apartment to make sure that my space felt really nice, Um, doing some meditation. And I've been really into EFT, which is emotional freedom tapping. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. No, I've never heard of that. It's it's very like hippie-ish thing. Moving out to San Francisco has made me become much more interested. And where, where did you move from before? I was in New York, so I oh, it's a different Yeah, literally a different world. <laughs> um, but yeah, EFT is actually amazing because um, it's basically like a therapy, essentially, where mm-hmm. you're speaking out the different areas that stress you out or worry you and you Mm -hmm. acknowledge them and then talk about them in the positive so it's a really science-based um both like physical touch and also speaking sort of um like therapy or program but anyone could do it I have a bunch of recommendations for that if anyone's interested um but I've been finding doing 10 minutes of that in the morning starts out my day in a really nice way And I think going on to your point about, like, more generally not seeing people Mm -hmm. that are not just friends and family on the weekends, I've actually been really trying to keep my weekends plan-free because Mm -hmm. it seems like there's so much going on during the weeks and I always have overflow of things on the weekends. So, like, not saying I'm going to meet up with this person at this time, but really keeping it flexible, which has been super refreshing for me in this like crazy busy schedule I'm sure you could attest to that too. life is a little crazy right now it is it is but I'm trying slowly but surely I told uh, so I'm I'm graduating from grad school in a month oh, and my gosh, um, congratulations. thank you so I'm just I've been so it's like listen come May 18th you can talk to me but until that time I'm kind of off limits because I just I truly don't have the time but yeah it's it's important to kind of set those boundaries yeah I think it's hard yeah for like people who are really excited or empathetic or want to like help people you really want to be flexible but I think Mm -hmm. as I've gotten older I've really learned that like creating those boundaries and using small tactics so for example for me I started using Calendly have you ever heard of that I feel like I have is it where you can like book somebody with a click yeah yeah 
it's like a basically like a link that you could send out and you could manage your schedule like what people book based on that and when for example people reach out about coffee chats I only have a certain block of time that I could have people book um for that coffee chat and really like batching my days so that I'm doing similar tasks on similar days I found really helpful for my own just like mental sanity and I think um making sure that I'm like we're not always bending over backwards for every other person has been a big lesson for me over the past couple of years Mm -hmm. (laughs) so what has been the you know the craziest thing for you in this journey you know what has been the most shocking or surprising something you know things that you never thought you'd be doing Hmm. or done to you awesome question um I guess I mean when I first started my career I was pretty naive so Mm -hmm. I thought that everyone truly like saw the best in others Mm -hmm. and I never I just my mind did not work in a like conniving way so I worked at a really big investment bank and I was really just like wanted to work hard and wanted to help others so I was constantly raising my hand to do extra projects especially in the areas that I really found interesting that weren't on my team and One of the biggest surprises to me that I've learned there and has really been consistent, sadly, across many different areas of work is that um, people who are not secure in their line of work or with themselves will assume the worst. And even if you're not assuming that. And I think that um, just becoming aware to that instead of being caught off guard when people assume that maybe you're like looking to for more power things of that nature when you're really not has been a big learning for me just to like expect that some people might um you know look for on the worst side of things instead of the more positive and then be able to not be so caught off guard Mm -hmm. um if that comes up so I think just being more aware to how people think, how people react to certain situations and being able to manage that from a really authentic, honest way is something that I think just comes with experience, but also is something that is really hard, no matter how old you get, (laughs) to manage and be aware of and also just like to kind of experience overall so if anyone has experienced any of those situations at work you're definitely not alone and sadly it doesn't really end you just get better at managing it Mm -hmm. so I mean who who else was kind of doing the work that you were do that you are doing you know and did you find it difficult to kind of carve out your unique space in this and and maybe like I don't know if it's if this is like also, because this field is very amorphous, you know, it's like it's ever changing. It's very different. You can define it anyway. Did you feel like there were challenges and barriers that you had that you feel that other people didn't really have to deal with? Mm, that's a really good question. I think that for me, um, I 
never liked being put in a box and Mm -hmm. didn't like the idea of a like job description so Mm -hmm. in any role that I had I was always like randomly making things up if Mm -hmm. I thought that that was more interesting or cool and I just like did the things that I thought were really cool even if that wasn't in my job description Mm -hmm. at all and I think that that like when I look at what I do now, I 1000% made it up. Like there was no, no one that I knew that was doing what I'm doing. I also don't know if anyone is doing what I'm doing because I kind of just took all the things that I'm really interested in and like tied them together and made them fit into what I'm doing right now. So the crazy part is that when I was first working in Um, finance in New York I remember a couple of weeks into my job I knew that's not what I that is not what I wanted to do Mm -hmm. and I remember talking to two of my close friends at work and we were on a walk and we were just having a really rough day and I was like you know my dream job would be if I could just sit at home all day and like write and connect with people and just like help them figure out what they want to do and just like help people be happier Mm -hmm. and my friends were like what is that (laughs) that is not a job first of all that is so far from what you're doing you have like three computer screens around you and you're crunching numbers And they were like, I can't envision it at all. And for some reason within me, I really knew that one day I would achieve that. Mm -hmm. And I had this moment a couple of months ago where I was like, wow, that is what I'm doing. Like I do sit at home, get to go outside, write, connect with people, help them one-on-one. And I think that when we take away all of those barriers and things that other people tell us, we deep down know what we're really good at and what we're meant to do. And even if we don't see any person in the world doing it or any job that looks like it, we can create it. And I 100% believe that. So I would say like, I've basically made up every job that I've had (laughs) far away from the job description I was hired for. Mm -hmm. And I still do that today. And I think that everyone is capable of it. So I guess that's a barrier, but also a really cool opportunity. And so it's been scary, but like invigorating at the same time. Yes, 100% scary, but also for me, and I know this isn't how everyone works, but... I love, like, not having any direction and being able to make direction out of very random um, kind of opportunities or ideas. So I think that's what's really exciting to me about, like, not having anyone to have looked up to before. Mm -hmm. So was, I mean, you didn't, so what you're saying is, like, you didn't really have, like, like, a mentor or somebody who had been doing this before did that present a lot of challenges and did you like you were like halfway through this thing but you're like I need someone to look at to like kind of figure it out and what was that like totally I mean it's interesting because while I do think I mean I've had so many mentors throughout my life and my career but when I first started working basically I um it's a really great question and I think that I received this really interesting advice at the beginning of my career because I think 
mentors are super important to look to and to, to provide feedback on where you're going and also inspiration for where you want to be. But um, I remember when I first started my career, I had a manager who I didn't really drive with at all, and he wasn't providing me any support or just wasn't the person that I needed help from at the time. And one of my mentors took me aside and was like, listen, you are going to work with so many different types of people and come across so many really interesting people in your lifespan. And you are not going to find one perfect person. So you need to select the qualities and the aspects of people that you look up to that you really want to see in yourself and use that to create one ideal person Mm -hmm. so for me I've had many people who I've found that either like their job or their life connections or their ability to travel or where they lived was really interesting but no part of them was perfect and I don't think any of us are so I kind of took all of those and created my ideal person as myself in the next five or ten years and have been really working off of that so I think it takes a lot of like reflection and also looking to people who have parts of what you want that's a good I think that's a good way to do it because I think we kind of usually pick like one person where like okay this is my person I think that they can guide me in everything without realizing that that's not really going to work for everything and everybody um exactly so yeah I I I like that answer a a lot um and in this journey of yours um what is kind of who's been kind of like the coolest person or the coolest thing that you've done Mm coolest person I'll come back to the person I feel like I've been able to meet such interesting different people but so for me I love traveling and I love being able if you couldn't tell to have a flexible schedule <laughs> yep yep <laughs> so um before I started working I actually spent four months backpacking through Australia and New Zealand oh wow and It was amazing and, like, definitely changed my perception of what I wanted work to be. But when I was there, I was like, there's no way I'm going to be able to take this long of a trip ever in my life again. So Mm -hmm. I better enjoy it. And actually, um, a couple of months ago at the end of 2018, my boyfriend ended up leaving his job. He was working in finance for a long time to also enter this entrepreneurial space. And uh, before we started working on anything, we actually were able to take a two-month trip through Southeast Asia. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think for me, being able to work on that trip while also travel was the epitome of like everything I've been working towards mm-hmm. is being able to like share my experience, coach, connect with people while also like seeing all these new sites. So that was just a really cool kind of full circle experience for mm-hmm. me to have doing this work. Um, in terms of people, I don't know. I feel like there's so many interesting people in the wellness space and just being able to really like reach out to people I look up to and connect with them. I also had a podcast a couple of months ago, so I feel like 
or that took a break a couple of months ago. So I feel like through that process, I was able to just talk to people that I was like, you are the coolest person ever. (laughs) I love just being in your presence. So I think it was, that is just amazing. I don't know if there was one specific person, but the process of it was really cool. That's great. Like, I, I wish, I mean, that would be the dream is like to be any, be able to be anywhere and travel and like also do all the work that I need to do and not have to, you know, be in one set, set stagnant place all the time. Totally. I know. It was really interesting because what it proved to me was when I'm in my normal home or apartment and doing work, I like fill my day with a million random Mm -hmm. tasks and I always feel worried, like stressed out that I need to do them. And while we were traveling, I still had the same amount of work, but like felt so much more relaxed and got it all done in like an hour before bed Mm. every day so it really just proved to me like don't take yourself so seriously (laughs) like we all need to do things that fill our soul while also like doing work and that's not the end goal at the end of the day so it was a big eye-opening time for me and what kind of is your advice for people entering into this like entrepreneurial space or kind of brand management you know what is what is that like or what advice do you have words of wisdom yeah um well a couple of things I think first as we were talking about before like if there isn't a job or a situation that you see that really aligns with what you want to be doing Mm -hmm. make it up like that is the point of being an entrepreneur right you don't see something that it exists in the world already so just do it your own way and I think that having the confidence and being able to tap into like um pumping yourself up is really important along that journey so making time to just do things that feel really good and make you remind you of why you're doing all of this in the first place and why you're basically giving yourself work Mm -hmm. (laughs) because That is what happens in the beginning of being an entrepreneur is you just create projects for yourself all day. Um, So I think that being able to, like, have that vision, create something that doesn't exist because you believe in it so much and also believe you're the right person to do it, while also balancing the fact that, like, you're amazing and you could do this and taking some time to surround yourself with people who remind you of that and also like telling yourself that you are that Mm -hmm. because I think a lot of times on this entrepreneurial journey as we've said many times on this podcast (laughs) you uh, like get very lonely or you can really easily get hard on yourself or down on yourself so um taking some space to like write yourself thank you notes or treating yourself to something whether it's a small walk in the park or like a massage whatever it is but Mm -hmm. building that time in to feel good and proud I think is probably I'm speaking to myself with this advice (laughs) (laughs) important advice for all of us (laughs) and that's fair no matter where you are yep yeah we don't tell ourselves we're proud enough I think also like do you I mean in this space do you do you feel like you have difficulties because you identify as a woman and like do you feel like there's there's extra challenges that you have to overcome because of that or totally yeah well interestingly when I first 
when I was at Stern for undergrad at NYU, the business school, um, I ended up majoring in finance because (laughs) this was so silly, but this guy, um, my sophomore year had told me that basically only girls major in marketing and girls don't major in finance. And I was like, okay, guess who's majoring in finance? (laughs) And I feel like in Stern, it was this like weird world of this place I felt very uncomfortable as a woman. And the more that I've gotten older and the more that I've just gotten more comfortable with myself, I've actually seen it to be a major positive. And also in the world we're living in today, women are really banding together and like sticking up for each other, which I think is so amazing. And like, I specifically mostly work with female founders Mm -hmm. and female solopreneurs. So really continuing to build each other up and like also see that there's so much potential in being that different um, or whatever you consider to be different, mm-hmm. using that to your advantage and really using it as a source of pride instead of something that can be scary or um, differentiating in a not so great way. <laughs> but yes, I feel like for sure in the beginning, it was something I really was like hard on myself about. And then now I've just used it really as something that's important to me to continue connecting with people who are Mm -hmm. women and helping them so my last question uh, that I ask everybody that comes on is how do you define being a woman or womanhood Mm, that's an amazing question I think that um I've been really interested in this idea of like tuning into our intuition and being proud of our like sensitivity and I think that those are two qualities that women just inherently get and we have kind of in our DNA Um, and I think that being able to as we just talked about like be really proud of those things and use them to our advantage and use them to help others is something that anyone of any gender could do but something that we as women really need to use to better the world because I think there are two qualities that are extremely important to um just helping people be better so I would say those two intuition and being being intuitively sensitive I like that I like I, I like all the answers I do I say that every time but it's, I think it's great um, so before we wrap up, is there anything that you'd like to plug, like your blog and your social media? Yes. Well, thank you for that opportunity. I mean, I would love to see all of you guys, hopefully on my little corner of the internet. So <laughs> you could come find me on, um, on adulting.com. You could find me on Instagram at on adulting. And also like, if you ever want to chat, look into some of the coaching things we have a group coaching program that's actually closing in a couple of days so i'm not sure when this will go live but hopefully there will be another one that opens soon otherwise i'd just love to see you guys 
Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. This was amazing. This No, this was great. I, I love it. Um, this is my passion. I love talking to ladies, killing it. Um, so thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, if you'd like to connect with the show, please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at PrettyFaceLady3. Um, and please go ahead and like us on Facebook at More Than a Pretty Face. If you'd like to email the show, want to say hi, want to be on the show, want to sponsor the show because looking to sell out, um, please, please email at prettyfacewomen at mtapfpodcast.com. All right, talk to you soon. Bye.